It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back to Money for Lunch, guys. Always good to have you here. I, uh, I'm excited. Today on the show, we have Norm Blumenthal. Norm Blumenthal is one of our regular contributors. Uh, Norm also is an attorney for workers and consumers, selected as one of the top attorneys in Southern California. In 2017, Norm was inducted and recognized as one of America's most trusted lawyers in employment law. Norm Blumenthal, welcome back. Thanks, Bert. Nice to be back and um, good to be here to talk about money uh, during uh, this break and uh, jobs. We're not going to get money for into the hands of people to spend it unless we create jobs and uh, we have to create new jobs in this country and these jobs have to be um, conditioned on the fact that what the president declared we are at war and this is a war against a a pandemic Uh, we did the same thing after 9-11 and uh, we created a defense second to none and Fortunately, uh, we haven't been attacked in um, this country uh, since 9-11, and I don't want to see this ever happen again to our country. So the thing we, I'd like to talk about today is where do we create the jobs, what jobs do we create, and what kind of stimulus package should Congress, the next stimulus package, be passing? Is it one to... Uh, prop up the oil and gas industry that has about 150,000 jobs in this country, or one to prop up the um, uh, state and local governments, which have 25 million jobs, and the hospital system, which has 5 million jobs, and 17% of the GDP comes out of our medical expenses. I think that's an easy uh, question with an easy answer, but unfortunately, our president's more excited about supporting the uh, Saudi-Russian cartel to prop up oil prices to cause the American people to pay more for their gasoline, which will cost the consumers an extra $300 billion next year if this happens with higher oil prices. There's no reason to prop up the oil uh, business. Uh, There's just not enough jobs involved, and it's not critical in, in this war that we're fighting. And so I, I want to talk today about, uh, you know, what we should be spending our money on, what government should be spending its money on, and what we should do. And, and that's really where I want to head. So if, if you take it, Bert, if we look at this, and if, we, you know, let's assume this is a pandemic war. Well, aren't we going to need a pandemic army? I mean, we have basically the way to defeat any pandemic um, the, the experts tell you is for is through testing, tracing, treating, and quarantine. All right. Yeah. And what they also tell you is is that we don't have the personnel to do any of this, right? So how do we create um, at a, a reasonable expense an army, a domestic army, to uh, be prepared to test, trace, treat, and quarantine? How do we do that? Well, we probably do it with the best way we can, which is through our high schools. What we need mm. to do is create, a, draft an army out of every high school. Start in junior year of high school, 
you get a um, at some point during the year you take a week and every junior in 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 the high school um, decides what what part of of the uh, core do you want to be in do you want to be in the testing part the tracing part the treating part or the quarantine part and uh, you make your pick and then by your senior year you have uh, basically uh, weekends about a weekend a month uh, they you come in and uh, they teach you how to be prepared in case of the next pandemic so that every year with the seniors in high school and it goes year by year when you're done you're done your senior you graduate go on with your life but you've learned um, should there be a pandemic while you are a senior you're going to be participating in keeping the number of people that end up getting sick uh, and die down and it's a real easy process because whatever part you're in, especially in the tracing part, because once somebody gets it, they can infect, you know, 10 people, 20 people. So now you have what's called a cluster. Well, with tracers, you can get to the clusters and say, listen, you just met with this fellow and he has this, this disease. You need to stay in for 14 days and we need to test you. And here's where you go for your test. And otherwise, you stay in and you're quarantined and, you know, society can move on and you can treat them. And just like they were able to do in China, they keep it at a minimum um, as, as to the disruption. And then what do we do at the same time? Well, you know, when we had our defense contractors, what do we do? We built the best defense in the, in the world, the B-1 bomber. There's no better bomber that you can have. And right now, we have no factories in this country to build uh, um, protect PPEs. None. Right. We have zero. I mean, if you look at it, we have better equipment for the people that come in and clean the hospitals um, than we do for our personnel, our doctors, our nurses, our orderlies, people that are in the hospital day in and day out. And they exist. You can build have factories, if a factory has an order from the government to build state-of-the-art PPEs, you know, suits that go from head to toe that protect you, that can be reused and disinfected and all the other wonderful things in, in, a, in a state-of-the-art PPE. And then you distribute these out to the hospital so they're, they're prepared when the time comes to use them. And with the contract, there's plenty of factories that can build it. Same thing with testing equipment, and we don't just don't have it, Bert. We don't have um, pharmacies. Our, 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 our drugs are made in India and China. We don't have any uh, manufacturing of, of uh, drugs in the United States. We have to build manufacturing plants. We have to pay these workers that, that work there. The same thing we'd pay our defense contractors. Minimum twenty twenty five dollars an hour to work in these plants, to, so that we have we are prepared for the next emergency when it, when it happens. We have state of the art uh, places where people work, and it's all in the United States. So that's where the money needs to go. That's why the Democrats in Congress are holding out for having uh, money go to the states and local governments and the hospitals because that's where it's needed. 
and it, the Republicans just won't let this happen. But that's where it needs to go. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And, and I tell you, what's interesting about all this is that it, it seems, okay, it seems as though we are. I don't know. Instead of instead of instead of you know, uh, I guess trying to um, logically handle this, we are very reactive still. I mean, there, there is there. It doesn't seem like they're building you know any kind of infrastructure to handle the next one because. My, my opinion is this, Norm, is that the coronavirus is here to stay. We're going to see it year in, year out, just like we see the flu. And, and yes, we're going to be able to contain it and, and, and just and deal with it like we deal with the flu. But it just seems like these guys are, I don't know, it seems like they're just sitting around waiting versus being proactive. Right, it's kind of like a whack-a-mole game, you know. They're, yes. they're not they're not getting there to to say okay, and that's why I think the uh, pandemic core of uh, high school kids uh, is a great place to start. First of all, it builds camaraderie between them, and you stay in your community. You don't have to leave your community. What you have is you have people in every community in the country are prepared, and they have the equipment to be able to do the things they have to do, and they're trained for their particular jobs. And, um, you know, some of them may end up in the medical profession. Some of them may end up in um, professions, you know, with the Internet and other things. And, you know, they and they uh, patrol the quarantine, too, at the same time. Because you're right, Bert. You know, this is not the first time this has happened. The Chinese um, have these wild animal markets, which need to be, we need to convince the Chinese to be better world citizens and to close these down. These markets were responsible for the SARS COVID-1 epidemic. That was in 2003. The avian flu, which was in um, uh, 1996. And they, these are the things that they've been responsible for. And now the, uh, the SARS um, COVID-19. So that's three epidemics that uh, came out of China in the last, uh, since, since the last 20 years. So, what we need to do is we need to convince them that, one, they need to be better citizens, and, two, we can't be reliant on the Chinese or the Indians uh, for our uh, pharmaceutical products and our uh, PPEs. We have to build it ourselves and our testing equipment and have it in place in our country for the future because you're right. This is going to happen again. And we first we need to to have our testing, tracing, treating, and quarantine uh, established now and get through this one. But it's going to happen again. And um, even if we find a, a a vaccine for this one, which I'm sure we will, and a cure, the next time you have to start all over because the next time will be the third COVID that will pop yeah. up, and and it's all because of these. Uh, markets that are have no hygiene, where they're putting um, wild animals, bats, and, and other wild animals mixed up with domesticated animals, and it they, it gets the the disease in the bat gets back to the uh, domesticated animal, which then 
gets back to the uh, human to, um, involved. So this, this is we really need to to, to be forward thinking, and we need a stimulus package uh, to put people back to work and support our hospitals and local governments where. Basically, they're not going to have any money to do anything else. So, what do we want to build, Bert? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so, 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 uh, here's here's the th- here's the thing I don't understand. Uh, and, and and you know, as you like to say, follow the money. Uh, I know that China has a lot of our debt. But really, you know, when you talk about China becoming better world citizens, here's a country that has shipped toxic toothpaste, toxic toys, toxic flooring, toxic sheetrock. Um, they care so little about people. Uh, and I always ask myself, why are we still doing business with them? And the only answer can be is the money. It's cheap. Basically, it's cheap. Uh, it, you, the U.S. manufacturers in this country, because we didn't protect them in, in any way, shape, or form, could not compete with cheap labor and uh, cheap, cheap manufacturing. So what we have to do is we have to do the same thing we did with our defense contractors. We only can buy – you can't buy a B-1 bomber from anyone else other than Boeing. And yeah. it's going to be this. It has to be the same thing with the equipment for uh, PPEs, um, our uh, drug manufacturing for uh, for pandemics, our testing equipment. You have to only can you can only buy from U.S. based companies that therefore they can build in the United States. Sure, it's going to be more expensive, but it's going to be local and it's going to be available. Uh, we have far too many healthcare workers have uh, uh, gotten sick and, and died as a result of not having proper equipment. And that's inexcusable uh, yeah. for this country, inexcusable. And we, we can't let that happen. And, look, and we're doing the wrong things. We had, what, a stimulus package where we uh, gave corporate uh, taxes were reduced. What was the result of that? Well, the result was the, the, the money from the corporations – uh, went to stock buybacks and dividends into the hands of, of investors. So at the end of the day, the money really never moved. There was no velocity to that money whatsoever because it went from one pocket of a person that's not spending or a corporation not spending it to the pocket of, of another person who's not spending it. You know, and th- so this is the mistake that's why the, it's so, so different between the Democrats and the Republicans. You know, the Democrats want to put money into the hands of SNAP. You know, SNAP is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. That right. gives uh, food stamps. Basically, it goes on a credit card, and uh, that's where if you're a food stamp recipient, you'll get the money. And they want to increase that now because people don't have jobs and they can't afford the food. Now, with SNAP... Because you're the person spending it immediately, you get almost two times the velocity of that money. So for every dollar that's spent, it's a, it's an, another two dollars into the system because of the turnover of the dollars. Does that make sense? Yes. And, and so that's what you're getting, but you're, you you don't get that. And the same thing with the the CARES Act. 
you know, it's, it's all well and good to put together $2.2 trillion, but it's, it's not happening. And it's not happening because people like the Florida governor, they describe the unemployment system where it's supposed to go through, the unemployment insurance. They, they want to do everything they can to uh, keep the jobless numbers as low as they can and it, to make it harder for people to get those benefits. And that's why the money's not moving. Right. It, 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 well, should, it, it shouldn't be that way. It should not be that way. And, and you know what? Uh, here's here's uh, I'm very uh, disappointed in our president. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if I don't know if you read the story. It's uh, it's on uh, New York Times, CNN. It's in most of the major media is out there. Uh, you know, uh, Trump uh, wanted his name on the outgoing checks. And that caused a delay. Right. No, I read uh, that. So it's like, yeah, so it's like, are you kidding me? I, and again, look, I'm a marketing guy. I love what he's, I'm, I, I, I love what he's doing uh, in one sense, but it's not the right time to do it. When people are, you know, waiting for a $1,200 check when they've been unemployed going for 30 or 40 or 50 days, 1200 is it's it's just going to disappear, and they're held, holding it up because our president wants to put his name on it, purely as a marketing ploy. I, I just this goes to show you where the administration is at. They're not putting us, the citizens, first. We're like a second or third or fourth afterthought. I mean, you look at you look at the the stimulus package in between what the Republicans, uh, the Republican amendments and the Democrat amendments. It's like, are you kidding me? They 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 stuff the stu- they stuff the uh, the stimulus package with so many amendments. They funded so many other projects, and yet the what do you call it the 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 people who need the money the most are going to get twelve hundred bucks if they qualify. And that's a big if. And there's so much red tape. Uh, you know, I'm I, looking at that article that you sent me yesterday, and, and here's. You know, this lady who's trying to get her $1,200, and she uploads all this information, and the, and, and the uh, Arizona computers crash, and so all her information is lost. She's got to start over again, and, and, and she's super frustrated. She, she's a single mom trying to survive, and it's just like, can we possibly make this any harder? I mean, right. what would this look <laughs> like if it was simple? Right. Well, they're they're all tone deaf, starting with the president. Yes. You know, and they're just tone deaf. They're not. They don't feel the pain of the people out there. It's this. The Florida governor and the other governors across the country shouldn't make collecting unemployment insurance harder. The the law actually that was passed by Congress is a good law. It allows uh, uh, the federal government subsidizes the unemployment insurance to the extent that that you should be getting your paycheck full amount of your paycheck for the next four months, and then it extends it, you know, instead of 26 weeks, I think they took it back up to 52 weeks, that you can have insurance, um, you know, you can pay it at the lower rate, the state rate. But it doesn't do anybody any good if it's going to take four months before they get their first check, and then they have more paperwork to fill out to continue to get these checks. They have to make it easier because, let's face it, 99% of the Americans are not going to cheat on 
the, the forms they, they file. Okay, there always is one in every group. We know that. But right. you worry about the one that's going to commit the, the fraud later on. You can always go back and find that one or two you know, outliers. But in the meantime, what's happening is because they're so afraid that they may give somebody that's undeserving a, a, a check, they take the 99% and keep all their money. Yeah. And that's, that's where they're completely toned up. If you want to keep the economy going, you you basically you might as well you're better off putting the money in an airplane and dropping it off on the people, the, you know, it, to, to get it going. I mean, that's the concept of, yeah. of the stimulus package. Is basically we have the unemployment insurance. You got the guy's name. How much does he want? Okay, send him a check. And so it should it, within within 72 hours that computer should be having a check out, and the federal government should be reimbursing the state for the unemployment insurance, and that's the way it should work, just like they can do with the credit cards for SNAP. You can put it on a credit card. Everybody's got a credit card. You know, here's my credit card number. You know, make a payment to my credit card, just like your SNAP card. And right. let's get that money moving and it, because it's not happening, and it needs to happen to get that part of the equation done, but that's just that's just phase one. What we need to do is these local and state governments and the and these uh, need to be reimbursed, and the hospitals need to be in re- reimbursed. That's thirty million workers. They, those yes. workers need to be make sure they have their jobs because you don't want state and local governments to join the, the parade of, 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 of firing people and laying them off because they have to balance their budget. So that's what, what Congress, the, the Congress is trying to, House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi has been trying to convince Mitch McConnell and the president, don't worry about oil and gas companies. That's 150,000 workers. These people can take care of themselves. They got production. They'll be all right. They got capital right. investment. We understand. But we got 30 million local and state government and, and hospital workers that are on the front lines of, of this pandemic that need to be reimbursed for the money that they're spending. And then once this is over, we need to make sure it never happens again. And we need to create the jobs for factories in this country to build the PPEs, to build the testing equipment, to build the pharma, pharmacy production so that this never happens again uh, in this country, and at the same time, we need to to do what we can to convince China to be a much better citizen than they currently are, so that they they, they clean up all of these wild animal um, um, facilities where markets where they need to shut those down. So we we you know it came out of one market with with the the bat interaction. I mean that's all it took. And because yeah. China, but China had a system, they had very little problem with theirs. Now, why should we have all these people dying? We're going to have more people die in this pandemic than died in the entire Vietnam War. And that's yeah. where we're headed, you know. And it, it, there is no reason for it except for, one, our lack of preparation, two, and our lack of, of foresightedness. We need – this is a defense issue. This is a national defense issue. Just like we build B-1 bombers, we got to build the best PPE in the world, which we can, the best pharmacy production in the world, which we can, and, and, the, and the best 
core, a pandemic core, and where we need to draft our high school kids to serve, you know, a couple weekends a month to be prepared in case of a pandemic. Because if they're a senior in high school and a pandemic hits, they're not going to be going to school that, that anyway. So they might as well be prepared to serve in their local community. They don't have to leave town to be able to make sure that nobody in their local community passes this disease on to somebody else because of uh, we have the proper testing, uh, treatment, tracing, and, and quarantining. So that's the theme, Bert. It's, it's not rocket science. It's the same thing they did in the Second World War. It's the same thing um, that we did after 9-11. But we need leadership that's going to make this happen. And, that, and that, you know, we have to find the leaders in this next election that are going to be for the people. You know, it's not, it's not a question of corporate profits. It's going to be a question of making America great again. Okay, let's do it because we, this president certainly did it, didn't do it. He's made America the, the laughing stock of the world. We can't help ourselves and we can't help anybody else because we can't deliver on anything. Yeah. So the time's well, come where we need to change the, the paradigm. You know, the, 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 uh, first of all, I agree with you. Uh, we definitely need to change things. And one of the, one of the areas that I think we really need to put pressure on people is this excessive long-term career politicians. You have some of these people who have been in office, you know, 20, 30 years. It's time for these people to get out. I mean, this is part of the problem. And, and you know, with, one of the things that always tickles me is you have all these guys uh, that talk about term uh, limits, but, of course, that's just lip service because nobody's going to do that. Um, and, and there's there's not a congressperson or a senator or, or 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 anybody like that who's going to on purpose agree to a term limit. It, it's got to be an executive order, and you got to put these people out of our misery because you you know after after they've served I don't know let's say three or four terms that's that's enough move on go back to the private sector do something else with your life. Yeah, and well, they 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 leave, they become lobbyists, and that's that's where that's the vicious <laughs> there you circle. Go. Anyway, so at at the end of the day, what you need to do is, and we've looked at this before, is where we are currently is the Republicans, and I said this from the beginning, it's an adversary system. The Republicans yeah. represent management, and the Democrats represent labor, and if you don't have people in office who are supporting the people as a group, you're going to have decisions made with Republicans which will be pro-management. And look at, just look at what the president did where he's bragging about supporting the cartel of Saudi Arabia and Russia with regard to um, uh, having oil production, getting the price to go higher. Yeah. I mean, how, how, how out, more outraged can you be? People should be jumping off the rooftops. Well, why did he do it? Because management, there's, they have, they, oil companies have spent $1.8 trillion on basically fixed, their fixed assets, their oil and gas extraction, and he wants to protect the assets of the companies. 
That's yeah. what it's all about. I mean, there's only 150,000 workers. Right, right. And, and here's, you know, again, this is, to me is a, is a great example of follow the money. Uh, here's a president that uh, time and time again, and, and, and I tell you, here's one of the things, you know, I, one of the things I appreciate about Pre- President Trump is that he doesn't try to hide it. Uh, you know, he's, he's very transparent, you know, because and, and, he simply doesn't care. And, and to me, that's, that's a bonus in our, in our favor. But, for example, you know, instead of using Camp David, which is already a secure place for presidents to meet with, uh, you know, with their staff and with foreign dignitaries, uh, no, that wasn't good enough. He wanted to have all the meetings at one of his hotels, and that cost the taxpayers, I believe it was like $30 million to get refitted. Um, and, and so you have this, this ongoing, incessant personal interest, uh, conflict of interest, whatever you want to call it. And now we see it again on, on a scale of billions of dollars when he is putting himself, you know, literally aligning himself uh, with corporations, foreign corporations, instead of aligning himself with us, the U.S. citizens or, or, or the people of America – this is crazy. I mean, this is this is the first president, and, and I could be wrong, and, and maybe Norm, you know the answer to this, but I believe that President Trump is the first president in like 30 or 40 years to align himself this, uh, what do you call it, this closely with oil, specifically foreign oil. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. And, and, I don't think and, it's it's ever happened, Bert. I mean, yeah, I remember. Way, I remember back the. 60, 67, 73 oil embargoes, and all our presidents were were against the cartel OPEC, and they've been against it because it's a monopoly, and they artificially right. took the price of oil. I've been in the oil business; I know how it works. They artificially took the price of oil up from at that point it was you know three dollars a barrel. They they took it up to ten, and then it kept going up, and then at forty it was as high as one hundred forty dollars a barrel at one point. You yeah. Know, and now we're back yeah. down to 20, and actually, you know, people, it's still a, uh, you know, petroleum uh, in, uh, country. I mean, every uh, dollar it increases, it's money out of the pockets. Two to three hundred billion dollars, the consumers are going to have to pay more because the, the president is supporting the Saudis and the Russian oil cartel. People should be jumping up and down saying. Who is this the president of? Is he the president right. of OPEC or the United States? But, you know, he's tone deaf, and I think people are so scared because of this uh, pandemic, and rightly so. And what we need to do now is we need to get the economy back on its feet. We need a stimulus package that addresses this pandemic and pours money into uh, the local and state governments and the hospitals who have been on the front line and create the manufacturing jobs that so this never happens again, because we don't need to be searching the world for uh, ventilators and PPEs and other equipment and drugs. We don't need to have this ever happen again. And we need to have a, a pandemic core that can, that's there and drafted and ready to go to work the minute anything like this happens again. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Look, uh, I think that uh, uh, whether or not you voted for Trump, and, and this is not about Trump, 
Trump bashing or anything like that. This is strictly about the economics of our country and our citizens. And for a president to align himself with a foreign foreign uh, nation so he, so he can prop up oil prices, in my opinion, is wrong. I think that uh, uh, this idea of creating a pandemic corp like you're ta- a core like you're talking about is, is a smart idea because this is something that's going to be going on the rest of our lives, and hopefully it'll be a long life. Uh, but bottom line is, you know, we really got to find we got to be again proactive. And I don't see our administration being proactive. They're just they're, they're just I don't know. They're just being reactive, and in some cases, not being reactive. They're just uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to articulate it, but uh, yeah, and they, I, I think they could do a much know, better job. We, you know, we had draft for people to go in the army and kill other people and, and things like that, which is, you know, it's, it's it's unfortunate, but that's the way the world used to be. And sure. now I think with if we have a draft where kids uh, can have a little bit more patriotism and be ready to do something positive for their country and the people and their neighborhood and their, uh, their surroundings, I think it'll be a good. Um, learning experience for all the uh, junior high, uh, all the high school kids, juniors and seniors, to have an idea of yeah we are we may be uh, uh, small towns, we may be big cities, we may be 50 states, but at the end of the day we're all Americans, and we need to rally together. But there's been no clear message of how people can help, and because yeah. we haven't prepared for it, with a pandemic core. And with a little bit of training, uh, you'll always have a senior class in high school that could say, I was ready if called. And, and hopefully they'll never be called. But if they do, that class that's called can, can deliver. because the, And they're going to be able to deliver with the best equipment in the world. And yeah, we can set that. an example for, for the world of how to deal with this in the future because there has to be a better way. This is this the way they're doing it now. Is, um, it's the best they can do with what they have for everybody, but it's it's not acceptable because we just weren't prepared. Yeah. No, and I agree with that. Look, definitely uh, this is something that uh, the, gov- the government was not ready for, and I think, you know, there's been some overreacting. Uh, you look at Sweden, uh, they're not doing any kind of lockdown. They're just going to ha- let it happen. They, right now they're peaking. They're, they're, they're showing some high, quote, unquote, high death rates. But when I say high, uh, probably not much higher than we saw in China or that we're seeing here in the U.S. Um, and I think it's, it's time to let our people go back to work. It's time to let our entrepreneurs get back to building, uh, uh, growing our economy and, and letting these people back to work. Because let me tell you, a $1,200 check that takes you, uh, you know, weeks to get if you qualify is not enough. And all we're doing is we're setting ourselves up for inflation down the road. It's, it's just we're, we're taking, you know, we're taking bad and we're making it worse. Yeah, there there has to be. But remember, there, there, if if the unemployment uh, system worked, where they got unemployment checks, that would be equal to, to uh, for the first four months to a hundred percent of what your salary would have been had you been working. So people could have money in their pocket now, 
the, the real test is going to, it's going to take time until they get a, 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 some cures out there so, and they're working on it, uh, which right. I think will happen in the next month or so. But the big sporting events, I think we're going to, we're definitely going to have to look to uh, before you have fans out. I mean, I mean, there will be football, but I don't know if the fans will be there, but it, it's just going to be some time. But in the meantime, we have to prepare for the next pandemics, so, you know, if, if the next one comes along, we still don't have the the system that's in place because we aren't dealing with it because Congress won't appropriate the money for the to make this happen. We need an infrastructure bill to address this problem so it never happens again. And there's yes. a lot there's plenty of smart minds out there that could put together what we need in the pandemic core to make it happen, and what we need in manufacturing to make it happen. And so that's a that's a stimulus package to start these factories, build these factories, uh, man these factories with labor at a good uh, salary, you know, a, a defense contractor salary, and get this working again, where everybody will be back to work. But it's not going to happen in this round until, and they still can't do it, so they can test and trace and treat and quarantine, and it's going to be a slow process. I don't foresee. I, I foresee things starting to open up in May, but it's going to be, according to the uh, governor of California, Governor Newsom, it's just going to be a, a slow process to get everything back to where it was without being able to be able to treat these people so that there's no the mortality rate is, is very, very low. Yeah, yeah. Norm, we're out of time. I want to thank you so much for uh, stopping by. If you have questions for Norm, if you want to uh, – uh, find out about more about uh, Norm and his team, you can go to BAM, that's B-A-M, BAMLawCA.com, BAMLawCA.com, Norm Blumenthal. Thank you so much to, for stopping by today. Thanks, Bert. Take care. Take care. Good stuff there from Norm Blumenthal. You know, maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, but let me know your thoughts, right? Uh, you can comment uh, in the uh, spaces below wherever you're picking this up, or you can reach out to me via uh, LinkedIn, via Instagram, via Facebook, uh, Twitter, and let me know. Give me your thoughts. Let's share this episode with everyone you know. Remember, you, my friends, were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.